Good morning, John Howe. Buenos dias. Thank you for coming in the cold, snowy weather. In your terms, always. To, uh, for us to have a wee chin rag about mm-hmm. various things. All right, our first story, John Howe, has to do with the great Owen Farrell. Mm-hmm. Owen has been courted by Racing 92. Now you say to yourself, I'm sure, interesting, but who's the coach of Coach uh, Racing 92? Stuart Lancaster. So he's an English guy. Scottish guy. S- Stuart Lancaster. Oh, okay, Scottish guy. Okay. I mean, he he qualified to play junior rugby under 18s or under 20s for Scotland, but, you know, I think if you're in Scotland, oftentimes you can have that sort of dual uh, ancestry. So, so Owen has ruled himself out of the Six Nations, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe a change in venue, going to France and not having the bluebirds out there might be a um, might be a consolation for him. I think it's really going to be a good thing for him, and I don't think he'll ever play for England again. I think he's going to say, "Okay, man, I'm really enjoying this. I'm whatever. I'm 32 years old." You know, I'll be 33 to go back. Ah, oh, this playing international rugby is not for me anymore. Okay. My question still remains. Yeah. Why would he not want to play for England? Now? Yeah. Well, because you said just the Boobirds, the mental yeah. pressure on his family and his wife, I'm sure, and his father's the coach of Ireland. I mean, this, you know, this guy is... Under the microscope, 24 hours of the day. I mean, certainly, some people, as the missus would say, Albert Einstein, who she's talking about today, was so recognizable that it got to be dreadful for him to go out in public. Hmm. The pressure. There's Owen Farrell. There's Faz. You know, so so you think that's it for him? That's just my personal opinion. I mean, rug, there's more to life than rugby. Of he course. might go into coaching, but I think he's. I think his international days are probably over. Hmm. He may go back and play for Saracens again. I mean, he's going to be 30, 34 years old, thirty three years old. He's thirty two right now. Okay, Johnny Sexton. I don't know. Was thirty seven, and. You know, he still made it. But, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a different uh, different thinker, I think, than Owen They got, uh, Saracens got beat heavily by the big Beggles, did they not? Um, 55-15 by Bordeaux? Yes, Bordeaux, Begla Bordeaux, or Bordeaux Begla is uh, a pretty good side. They're one of the top French sides. And they beat Saracens 55-15. to 15. But, I don't know, that's an anomaly, I believe. Saracens are much better. In fact, I think Saracens are playing today, uh, later in the day, but I'm not sure. Is Farrell playing? He probably will play. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't check the lineup. Or maybe it's next week, because next week will be the Gallagher pre- Premiership one week. And then, I guess, all of the internationals will leave, and they'll be just playing this... Champions Cup or Challenge Cup, which I don't abide by. 
So let me ask you a question. Who is the current fly half of racing? Um, is it one of the French great guys? Copy. Might not be uh, a French guy. Hmm. But uh, on the other hand, it could be. I, my mind, unfortunately, goes to Ronan O'Gar at La Rochelle and Hastoy is a French fly half there. So. Hmm. All right, John Howe. Our second story has to do a lot with. I'm going to say great rugby players coming to the United States to play for the amazing Major League Rugby. Okay. The current one being Ma Nonu. He needs to get a life. He's 41 years old. He's going to come over here to play for the... Who are they? The, the, the San Diego Legion. San Diego, yeah. He played for them last year. He's renewed his contract. He's renewed his the contract. The new guy on board who's been there before is Matt Kiddo. Okay, so this reminds me of the old days when America wanted to get good at uh, soccer, or as we like to call football. Mm -hmm. uh, and they brought in all these people. Pele was coming, yeah. all those guys. Yeah, in the old days, just Washington diplomats, etc. And they realized that these people coming over isn't going to make the sport in this country any better. It's going to ha happen from the grassroots. Of course. All the other people around have to be good rugby players, not just one guy who comes over from New Zealand or Australia. And then we go back to the conversation about how in this country any good athlete in the high school level is not going to be playing rugby. They're going to be playing the sports that they're going to go to college with and subsequently go to the pros with. So... It's just for show then, isn't it? Just to go and see a guy who used to watch playing for the Wallabies or the All Blacks. I think there's a lot of that. I mean, I believe that the MLR needs to put people in the stands, bums in the stands. And by bringing in these um, former professionals entices people to come and watch them especially guys who know of them but have never seen them play. I am thinking right now about, uh, oh, about the USA. The effect of it cannot be anything more than drama because I think yesterday, the day before yesterday, Slovenia beat the USA in soccer in the United States. <laughs> and the United States and rugby they have a difficult time beating Chile. I believe they've even lost to Brazil when John Mitchell was the coach. It's not happening. I think that the United States, maybe not in football, but in rugby, they need to rethink everything. Absolutely. And I don't know how to do it. Uh, well, you have a friend who, first of all, is an American. Yes. Who has had a bit of history, yes. success at whatever level, whatever time, which was a time long, long ago, Tommy Smith, yes, who uh, would be the first person to start something around, perhaps. I, I'm a big supporter of Tommy Smith, only because his radical thinking 
is anti, I want to say England, because at the time he was playing, he was coached and, and highly influenced by England, even perhaps Ireland, but Ireland wasn't that good. And they were very, um, you know, they were trying to coach American players, but that's what he got his basic coaching from, and he always was criticized. He has told me that many times you, the, the British coaches would say, you can't do that, you have to pass this way, or we don't do it that way in rugby. So I think he's got his own, and he still coaches now. And I think he's learned so much that the United States would absolutely be negligent if they didn't um, seek him out. And then subsequently, again, think about how difficult it is to have the players to make a difference when they have options of playing, if they're any good, American football, baseball, hockey, etc. I might add to that, you know, what's really weird is that unlike uh, maybe a bit baseball, and certainly football, but in rugby especially, every player has been to university in the USA, whether it's, you know, Slippery Rock in Bumfuck or it's, uh, you know, Harvard. And I think this is idiotic. You go out, you've got to go out and reach the people who, to be good, you have to reach all peoples. You can't just reach these. I don't think it's so elite to have a college education in the United States, but it's certainly a pitiful sight to base your pool of rugby players on colleges. Uh, I mean, I think that the USA has got it all wrong, but it's going to take someone pretty damn influential and good to make these idiots in the USA, RFU, and abroad think it over. It's old school and it's not good. So this was kind of what was happening when I was a schoolboy and the, the quote-unquote select sides always had public school boys in it. And not many parochial school, you know, not many people who weren't in, at Glenarmon and Thetis and Rannick and all those places. And rugby college. Right. Yeah, well, this was just in high school prior to going to college. So, you know, the rugby the school. That all of, yeah. Well, right, rugby school. Is it a high? Is it a college or is it a high school? It's a high school. It's, it's a high school. It's like a, it's like an almond. Okay, so you know they didn't pick those poor kids because those kids were playing football. They were no, no, no. They were rugby players too, and people would complain. The normal quote unquote normal people would complain that you know you don't look at any of these guys. You just go and look at you know the the posh schools and not. The, the poor kids who are just but, as but good. But they didn't, in your time, in the, let's say, the local uh, parish school, mm -hmm. they weren't playing rugby, were they? They were playing football. Well, they were, but they also they also played rugby, obviously. I mean, I have a friend, very close to Scottish um, rugby, tell me that they have this huge uh, pitch where they're playing rugby and soccer matches. And he said that when he goes, he goes out and looks around, and he's, there's a big crowd of um, 
spectators around the sport, and then the rugby players are like two or three spectators, but watching a game of football in Scotland, they have three to five hundred people. Oh yeah, of course. That was, but, but again, rugby union back then was considered a, a, a rich man, rich boys sport. In the USA too. And sadly, it, it didn't allow other people to have an opportunity, just like lacrosse is considered, you know, the the great prep school, you know, game here. And not too many schools that aren't producing great players like Landon and Georgetown Prep and Episcopal and all those places that, that I know around here, and I'm sure there are lots of other ones in other parts of the world, other parts of the United States, who don't get a chance, uh, who always will have a, a an in versus some other kid in that same exact place who doesn't have this opportunity. Well, I think that uh, rugby and lacrosse are niche sports for the most part. In this country, for sure. Definitely. Um, not many colleges play lacrosse. It's basically in the East Coast. But uh, I was surprised at one time reading that. Can you name the professional Hall of Fame football player who is an All-American in football and an All-American in lacrosse? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, James Brown. You got it. <laughs> you thought you were going to get me on that. No, no, all I right. didn't think at all. All right, let's go. James Brown, he, he was playing um, lacrosse and then singing at night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, our next uh, story has to do with a great uh, man, wing, wing for uh, Wales, Louis Rees Zemet. Yes. Who you and I both know is wanting to go play in the NFL. Um, so there was this other gentleman that I... Uh, spoke with you a wee bit about. Mm -hmm. And his name is um, Paul Thorn Thorburn. Paul Thorburn was a Welsh fullback who has the longest um, place kick. I do remember him. So he, he basically says, this is a great opportunity. I hope you enjoy it. Go out there. Do your best. Um, it's going to be a difficult few weeks to begin with, but keep going. You're going to, you know, do the best you can. Then there's this other guy who also played over there and said, you know what, I went over there, I forgot the guy's name. Rugby player plays rugby right now. I don't think he plays for an international well, Christian level. Wade was another guy no. who actually ran a touchdown in for the Buffalo Bills. But he was only on their taxi squad. Yes, that's him. Okay. He's a black guy, right? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That was him exactly. He's playing and he's rugby like, right now someplace in France. Yeah, he's playing rugby back. And he's like, yeah, buddy. And, and God bless you. He said it's going to be a lonely time. So, my question to you is, does he even have a chance? And then my second question to you is, I know where he wants to, what position he wants to play. Okay. And I wonder if you know what position he wants to play. First of all, does he have a chance? My personal opinion, no. Um, 
position. I the only position he could possibly play. There's two positions he could possibly play. One is punter or kicker, and the other is wide receiver. There's no way that he can play running back. Okay. Or tight end. He is going to be a hybrid role of running back and wide receiver. That's a possibility. Sure. I think, and I don't, I, I, I can't verify this at all, but I do know that someone wrote to me that he has always had a passion for American football. Right. And another person wrote to me that he was influenced that his father had a great passion for American football. So I don't really know who had what to whom, but uh, I also know that it's either his father or his mother is not really British or Welsh. He's from Malta. I don't even know where Malta is. Mm -hmm. And so maybe rugby is not a sport in Malta. Or a very big sport. Right. Do you know where Malta is? Yeah, it's it's somewhere close to Greece. Oh. I think. The Maltese Falcon is the only thing I know. Oh, the Falcon, sure. Um, Anyway, so... And then I say to myself, myself... There are all these guys, American football players, college and so on, who are probably going to beat the crap out of anyone who hasn't been brought up with playing with um, helmets and pads. It's a whole different thing, I believe. I heard someone say that the whole different thing about it is that unlike rugby in football, you can be hit even if you don't have the ball. So you're constantly looking around. That too. And oh, I don't think that yeah. has any idea. Yeah, that, not even that part. Just the idea that now you're going to be putting on basically a tank. And you, your vision is going to be very impaired. I don't know. It's and crazy. another person also wrote to me and said the very first thing that they're going to tell Luce Rees-Zanet is that he's got to put on some weight. I don't know how big he is now, but to play wide receiver or running back, I would think he'd have to be at least 220 pounds. At least. You know, possibly, you know, there are a lot bigger guys than that, but you'd have to at least have that, and I don't know how much he weighs. He doesn't weigh 220 pounds, though. I don't think so. Just thinking about these guys who are going to come up and watch him, quote-unquote, you know, try out for the team where these guys are going to be, like, laughing, saying, you can't just walk up here and think you can play football. Well, they have this program. Some idiot invented it. It's kind of like this ridiculous uh, thing that they do in Denver where they're training failed football players or wrestlers or lacrosse players and making and hoping they'll transition into playing rugby and then on to professional rugby. Uh, to me, it's idiotic. Uh, but they have a program for players abroad that allows you to go and sort out to play professional football. And the salary, from what I heard, was something like if you make the taxi squad, is like $200,000 a year. But I'm sure that Rezamit only makes $100,000 a year. So I'd probably be pretty excited if I was going to get an 
a raise to 200000 by playing a sport that I really like to try and see how good I was. And he's only 22, you know. He could be back. So he could come back is what you're saying. Sure. Well. I, I, I'm against it, but you know, I, I'm against most things. Well, let's hope that he uh, makes it. I mean, what can I say other than I hope that he makes it? Well, he's not going to be on my fantasy rugby team. That's for sure. Okay. So, uh, a while ago, I think when I probably first came into this country, I, I kept seeing, <clears throat> what are they called? The, the thing you put on the back of the bumper stickers that said, rugby players eat their dead. Mm-hmm. And then, and then after a while, it became apparent that they were discussing a particular episode that happened. With a, tell us what happened. Well, first of all, it happened in 1972. While I was at university in the South, we had a great deal of uh, uh, South American, Latin American uh, students. So there was a little, probably a little bit more press than maybe at some other university, but the Uruguayan rugby team, Christian Brothers, was flying to Chile, I think, for a mini-tour, vacation, holiday, and um, it crashed in the Andes. Indeed it did. And I think they started out with 40 passengers and five crewmen and they were on that mountain for, I remember, 70 days. Yep. Uh, they did a book called Alive. Yep. And then they did another film called Alive. And I just saw The Society of the Snow, <laughs> which is the most recent edition. Right. Of, you know, and, and I, I think I told you that this guy, Nando Parado, who actually left the the devastation of the uh, playground with another friend and walked, however, 10 days and saved the rest of them because they ran into some sort of, uh, I don't know what they call them there, but, you know, you know, they, vaqueros or something like that where, you know, in Chile, and they were rescued. And he does a lot of motivational speaking, but there are a lot of, you know, my details aren't perfect. There are some, I don't want to say many, there are many in the MLR, but some playing for the rugby team in Washington Old Glory uh, from Uruguay, because most of the players were from Uruguay. And this particular guy, Nando Parado, um, came up to the United States, whether to see MLR, but anyway, uh, Paul Sheehy, from what I understand, through Kenny Thring, had some sort of reception for the MLR, blah, blah, blah. And Nando Parado was there and gave a speech. And I thought that was fabulous. Uh, I wish I would have gotten to meet him, but uh, he was the guy who basically, uh, it's so tragic. I mean, I think Nando Parado lost his mother and his sister. And then I believe, again, don't quote me, that he said, you have my blessing to eat their flesh. And they proceeded to um, survive by eating the remains of the dead passengers, family and friends. 
and probably pilot. I wonder if it tasted like chicken. Uh, That's a terrible thing. The other person said it tasted like rice. Yeah, God. I, I, you know, I can't even fathom it. No, obviously, and it's you know, it's what happens. And the Society of the Snow was a fairly real depiction of it. Mm -hmm. Wasn't great, but it was. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed the book. Alive, it was. It was. Yeah. You know, I left that reading that book, which I couldn't put down, shaking. Oh my God. So you would recommend uh, seeing this movie to yeah. to our one audience? No, one and a half. One and a half audience. Okay, good. So here You've we are. You've not seen it, though. I, I suggested that you watch it, but you haven't done it. I haven't watched it. Yeah, I but mean, I you, did you, watch you the you first you got to get into it. To watch it, you yeah. got to get into it. Sure. Yeah. All righty. Well, John Howe. Once again, I want to thank you, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again next week with some more incredible stories from the rugby world. No vemos después. <laughs>